All right, y'all, what is happening? This is your man, Il Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Uh, tonight, this is a, another late, late night edition, but not as late as the other one. Uh, we have a few things to go over. We got the word on the street segment. Also need to go over some college football news. We got, uh, got some sad news to go over with the University of Utah. Um, we're also going to be talking about some drama going on at Ohio State. And then, of course, the top 25. We're also going over some of the scores of the weekend, uh, the top 25. Uh, we're also going to talk some Pac-12 football because I'm on the West Coast, and that's what I do. If anybody's going to show love for the Pac-12, it's going to be me because I feel like we don't get a lot of love. And I'm going to talk about one of my examples why, too, tonight. But I'm also going to get into the NFL. Of course, week three is in the books. Um yeah, we're going to talk about my Raiders, you know, how decent they looked. There's a lot to talk about there, too. We're also going to talk about some other NFL stuff. And then, of course, uh, we are getting to the end of the uh, MLB season, so I wanted to go over the standings at least one more time uh, before the season is over. Um, I got a whole lot of other stuff on the plate as well, so I at least wanted to get to get to some baseball before, uh, at least before the end of the season and before we start previewing or at least getting into the playoffs. So, like I said, uh, let's get into the word on the street. And basically, we got two Kellys in the news today. Uh, first one, we got a, a, well, a silver lining looks like, uh, a story with a silver lining with one Kelly. We got uh, the story of Kelly Price. Uh, now, she had gone missing recently. Uh, she had, and uh, after recently testing positive for COVID and being sent to the hospital. Now, uh, what she had said, and uh, this is what I was, well, what I had learned, you know, through what I researched, uh, I'm pretty sure you guys that were into this as well had found this out, but um, she was, uh, I believe she was released on her own cognizant and kind of just, you know, wasn't seen from or heard from uh, for a while. So they had put out a missing, per uh, missing persons report and so forth, but it turns out she was okay. Um, I don't think she revealed exactly where she was, but, you know, she was just kind of, you know, in quarantine. Yeah, in quarantine, pretty much. Um, that's what she was told to do. I guess there was no real communication on her end as to what was going to go on, at least, in, you know, to her closest people. So I think that was the big thing. Um, but the good thing is that she is OK. She is recovering. She did say that she almost died, though. Um, the question is, and I don't think this is really important. Um, because I'm really getting tired of the vaccine debate. Again, I've told you guys, uh, if you want to get one, that is your thing. Don't force it on nobody else. If you don't want to get one, that's your accord. Um, don't force that on nobody. And I'm going to be honest with you first and foremost. I don't believe this. Again, I don't believe it needs to be mandated and forced upon anyone. And we could get into examples of forcing things in people's bodies and how people stand up for that and make examples. But we don't need to do that tonight because that's not the big story. Um, you know, what got to me is the fact that they had to mention whether or not that she was vaccinated and she hadn't disclosed that. That's really irrelevant because, again, the, see, but that's the problem with this stupid ass vaccine issue. Again, we're talking about a vaccine that's not even fully effective and they want they want to force people to take it. I ain't fucking with it. And again, they keep telling you, well, it's, a, it's effective at what? Lessening the symptoms and not giving you the antibodies to fight it? Okay. You're supposed to eradicate it in your system. Again, we got the chicken pox shots. 
Didn't nobody get no chicken pox after, right? Okay. And if you did, you probably should have sued. That's what I would have did. Y'all should have sued. Oh, but that's right. They changed the laws. I, it's a trap. I'm telling you. They changed the laws so you can't even sue them, motherfuckers. So it's a trap. Again, I don't think whether or not she was vaccinated is important. The vaccination thing is a non-issue. Again, um, now if it was 100% effective, and let's say COVID was um, had a survival rate of 15% or lower, or below 50%, actually, I'm going to keep it real, then I'll take it. Then I'll be, oh, okay, that will convince me. But it's a 95% survival rate as long as you have a functioning immune system. Oh, you know what? I I took the one shot and I said, you know what? Fuck this. I don't like how I feel. This is bullshit. I feel like I've been duped already. I ain't doing it. I feel like I sell out then. I'm not doing it. Oh, no, no. I'm not fucking with it. Natural immunity is 13% stronger. Now, go go find that science out. They don't want to tell you that science. They don't want to tell you that you can protect your immune system and do it naturally. They want to force you. Uh, that's not for the bait. We'll see what happens. That's just this bullshit. That's why they keep bringing it out here. They try to distract you with the other Kelly we're going to talk about with a sec in a second. Come on now. But she's safe and sound, and it's all good. Uh, much love to you, Auntie. I'm glad you're good. Maybe you can make some music for us and we can be happy because your music is good. I don't know what you're going to do, but I hope you just ha- you just healthy and you remain so. Anyways, like I said, the other Kelly, of course, Mr. Robert Kelly, that sicko that I'm telling you about. But he's all these years, step in the name of love. I love little girls and boys. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to go in because, you know, I'm tired of people trying to be all cool like it's that's like that's cool that's not pedophilia is not cool in our community y'all we can't be calling out everybody else's sins and got the nerve to be cool with that sin Whew, come on it's hypocritical and i'm not standing for it we have a better standard let's go out and, and go for it okay r kelly was found guilty on eight charges of sex trafficking and racketeering what the fuck bro Step in the name of love. I'm a racketeer of sex trafficker. Uh, uh, that's what y'all like, right? Nah, fuck that. He faces the possibility of life in prison. Fuck that. We don't, we don't fuck with that. We shouldn't be fucking with that in our community. Nobody should be messing with that. Yes, we're gonna talk about Elvis. Yes, you're gonna bring up Jerry Lee Lewis. I don't like them either. They pedophiles too. Fuck them. They should have been put in jail. Well, but you know what? It's sad. And that that is that is an oversight. But guess what? I don't condone Mr. Robert Kelly. He is the Pied Piper for a reason. I told you. Look up the story. He snatched motherfucking little boys and girls. I don't. Never trusted that motherfucker after he said that. Never trusted that motherfucker after he said that. I don't play. I followed the signs. When Michael Jackson said in that Martin Bashir interview in 2002 that he cool with laying the bed and kids that wasn't his, I said, no, nah, I don't care about thriller. I don't care about human, human nature. I love that song. I might slap it every now and again, but you know what? Not, you know what? I can't think of the last time I really did. 
No. Not that I say I go out of my... No, it's not in none of my playlists. I haven't added to anything. No. And R. Kelly, fuck that. As soon as I heard about that first case, he peeing on a 15-year-old. I stopped listening to him in 2003. Uh, I never liked that. And then they started playing this payola, you know. So he got payola. He was all on the radio all 2004. So that just got on my nerve. I hated dude. Like, And they just played him all day. He just got annoying to me. So his music wasn't even all that to me. They just overblowed that dude because they, oh, they played his music all day. That's the whole point of them doing that. It don't work on me because I get annoyed. So that didn't work. But back to the case. Now, according to the witnesses and the accusers, Kelly will use bodyguards and other entourage to sexually groom young women. So he did all that because he said, that's what he said in the interview. I'm an older man that likes all women. He thought he was smart to mouth. I would have socked his ass in the jaw, but y'all like pedophile. Mm. In the and you know in the black community, I'm gonna tell the world this. Back in the day in the black community, somebody like R. Kelly would have had got his ass beat or worse. But nowadays it's cool. Come chill with us. Come come to our party, Mr. Pedophile. Come talk to our daughter, Mr. Pedophile. Come hang out with us, Mr. Pedophile. Your songs is tight, Mr. Pedophile. Your songs is fire. Ooh, you speaking to the to the community? Fuck all that. I ain't with all that. Anyway, oh, not just the young women, underage boys and girls. Whew, but this y'all friend, Chocolate Factory, Ignition with boys. Ooh, I'm done. I, you got me messed up. I don't like him. I don't like that. This is the blast straw. I'm not, everybody gonna talk about it's a conspiracy to bring down black. No, you know what? Black men bring themselves down when they decide to take advantage of people like that. I'm looking at Dr. Umar the other week or last week making some Instagram live posts. I'm like, you don't like what I'm talking about. Don't follow my Twitter. You don't like what I'm talking about. Have me having fun. Don't follow my IG. Motherfucker, make the goddamn school you been asking people to give you money for. First. Yeah. Ooh, let's talk. Ooh, what? We're going to talk all before the end of the year. I'm going to talk. I'm going to leave it all out. And I'm going to give you all my real opinions about some of these woke people. Some of these. No. We're going to start today. And some of these just celebrities and people in the know. These people are dangerous. Stop with the idolatry. Stop. You're, you're hurting yourself. The man, one more thing about Dr. Umar that had me even more just uh, incensed about this dude, fakeness. All these motherfuckers fake. Don't matter if they singer, rapper, a lot of these folk, activists. The dude had that nerve talking all that shit about what he want to do. Had on the jacket. With the, with the name of the school he's supposed to build on it. You so... And you ain't even built the school, but here you is rocking the jacket. Oh, oh, don't look at my IG. No. Fake. Oh, God. That's who y'all like, though. Y'all like fake people. R. Kelly, fake. He been touching little girls the whole time. But it's good music. Bump and grind. No, now every time I think about Bumble Brown, I think about him doing it 
nah, I don't want to think about it, but it's just, damn, bro, you did it with little boys and girls and all that. And you was being nasty. Nah, bro, everything, everything sexual you talk about, every time I think about him and that and them songs, that's, I don't believe he did the download. What the fuck? If you would have, if a fine ass woman, I ain't keeping that on no download. Oh, he must be messing with her. Nah. You look at the, you look at the video, he messed with somebody else's wife. He's incestuous. They like that shit, but that's because it was deeper. He was a pedophile. You ate it up. We ate it up. I used to listen to him, and I, I, I didn't think no better of it when I heard about him dating Leah. But I should have known that ain't right. Everybody to move there. She was fast. He was well. He's still a pedophile, and don't get me wrong. Them young girls. Some of them young girls is loose. And they end up being loose in life. But I don't give him the pass to do that. And that's just gross, man. We don't, I, we should not be condoning that. I'm done. I'm not saying, I mean, if you don't want to cancel him, don't cancel him. You weird. You support it, though. That's my opinion about you. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Anyway, he would, um, oh, he also was accused of giving some of his victims herpes without disclosure. Damn, bro, what the fuck? And this y'all man's though. See, if he was privy, if, if this was a regular ass dude, you would have been exposed him online. Spe oh man, you would have you would have talked all type of shit. But he's R. Kelly. He got money. He made good stuff. Oh, give him herpes, killed. Yeah, you got that fire though. Get the fuck out of here. We die, bro. We ain't fucking with that. Not and not no more. Let's stop it. The racketeering charges carried underlying acts, including kidnapping, forced labor. You mentioned we mentioned sex trafficking, but also bribery. Oh, this motherfucker crazy. And then he, oh, but that's your man's. Oh, who's stepping in the name of love still? You weirdo. <laughs> you stepping in the name of pedophilia. Remember that. It's not love. It's pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Yep, you wasn't ready for that word, was you? But he's sick. And somebody like him need to be put away. We don't need to listen to no more of his music. That's not a legacy we need to follow or respect. Sorry, it ain't gonna happen. I'm sorry. No, was Elvis any better? No. And I'm sorry he didn't face his... He probably in hell getting poked by somebody. Who knows? By an evil spirit. I think so. Let's Let's, you know... Here's to that. He probably is. He in there, you know, getting his. But hey, he didn't get it in the in the earthly world. Unfortunately, you know, no. Nah, R. Kelly is a monster. Ain't no unfortunate. He's a monster. He got put away. He ain't no hero. He ain't no no good art. You know he he overrated because they play the songs on the radio all day. See the problem is with the with the music industry is y'all overhype these people because the the industry has all these people are plants. See they they, they call certain people like Bow Wow plant, but in reality anybody who they establish or make famous is a plant. They all got their reasons for being there. R. Kelly was put up there because he was fucking little kids, and that's what they do on the low. You know that that's been that's been ascribed to Hollywood and the music industry, not just R. Kelly. We know this. Y'all keep trying to bring up, you know, what happened to uh, uh, Bill Cosby and and um, 
Okay, like they trying to they trying to just destroy all black, but they got after John Cusack. He's done. They got after fucking what's his name Weinstein. He's done. You can't even. Oh, where's Epstein? Oh, can't find. He dead. Okay, so let's let that shit go, cause of the shit that he knew. So let's let all that go. It, they don't they don't play. You know, he just happened to get on the wrong side of somebody. Cause you, I mean, I. No, he it ain't none of that. He just nasty, and it came to light. Sometimes it just happens. Some people really get away with this shit, and he, too, it, no, it ain't no too bad. He needed to go for that. You know, ain't no conspiracy. He needs to go to jail. He don't need to be out on the streets. Fuck his music. Fuck his legacy. I'm gonna keep saying it. He ain't got shit going. I don't believe legacy and pedophilia. Nah, we don't. I don't salute that. Y'all can, but I won't. And I'm going to stand by that for the rest of my life. Fuck all Kelly. Maybe somebody will piss on him. Maybe he'll get the point. All right, y'all. I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some college football. We're going to get into some sports. We're going to get all these heavy topics. <laughs> um, but I'm definitely going to get into some more at, uh, well, as we go along. You know how this gets here. But I had to go in on this one because... That motherfucker's sick, and I don't, I don't do pedophilia. That's the that of mm, 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 that's one of the things I don't. Mm, mm. I mean, there's you know murder. I mean, there's plenty of but pedof. That's come on, bro. Sex trafficking, dog. And don't tell me it's lies. Don't tell me it ain't real. It is real. It's all real. Stop being in denial. Stop trying to support that shit on the low. Mm, ain't nothing to support. All right, y'all. Like I said, we're gonna take a break. I'll be back later. All right. We are back. Let's get into the top 25 for college football. Going into week five or week four, because they count this as some type. They count it week zero. It was some week zero bullshit. I don't know. It was supposed to be week four. It's all weird to me now. Anyways, you got number 25. You got Clemson. I don't know how they in the top 25, to be honest with you. They haven't looked good as of late. I don't. I don't believe they deserve to be in the top twenty-five. They're zero and two this season versus top twenty-five teams. Uh, most notably, last week where they were pretty much, I mean, outplayed by NC State, who came in there as an unranked team. Uh, they lost on the road, uh, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Uh, Clemson is two and two on the year. Uh, in that game, like I said, they lost to NC State, who's now three and one. They're also in the top twenty-five as well. Uh, they are at number twenty-three, I believe. Um, yeah, at number twenty-three, and um, you know, DJ. Uh, man, I can't pronounce his name right, but you know the quarterback for for Clemson, DJ. He seemed to not to struggle a little bit. He did have a couple of touchdowns. Uh, he did complete less than 50% of his passes for just 111 yards. 
Um, he hasn't passed for over 200 yards, I don't think, at any point this season. He was a team leading rusher with 65 yards on the ground. Justin Ross was, of course, a factor in that game. Uh, he had eight catches for 77 yards and also two touchdowns. And defensively for Clemson, of course, you had a couple people show up. Uh, uh, you had two sacks from defensive end Xavier Thomas, and you also had linebacker Bailey Spector, who got 12 total tackles. Um, but for NC State, again, it's an upset for them, but they were led by their quarterback in this one, uh, Devin Leary. He would go 32 of 44, 238 yards for a touchdown. That was pretty much the key of the game. Uh, running back Ricky Person Jr., he would have 91 rushing yards. Uh, wide receiver Emeka Emizier, he would also have 14 catches for 116 yards and uh, a touchdown. We got Devin Carter with 54, wide receiver Devin Carter with 54 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And defensively for the Wolfpack, they got linebacker Thomas, uh, sorry, Drake Thomas, who got a sack. But um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, North Carolina pretty much controlled the game um, in terms of the scoreboard. Uh, Clemson, you look to be out of sorts all game, specifically offensively. Um, defensively, like I said, they've had a, they've been okay. They've had a people, few people so, show up. Like I said, Thomas gets a two sacks. Uh, Spec, uh, sorry, yes, uh, Specter. Uh, again, he was a team's leading tackler. He's he's pretty much been that throughout the season, and you know, in seasons prior, he's one of the best tacklers. You have those guys showing up, but offensively, uh, Ugiyaleli, I think that's what it is. Ugiyaleli, and I gotta give, I gotta work on that one. Forgive me, Tagovailoa. That's another one that I'm working on. Sometimes, man, and it's not, it's no shade. It's no shade. It's just, you know, the American dialect. Sorry, y'all. We, we, we got to work with it. And I'm trying my best to practice, y'all. So forgive me. Um, but again, passing wise, um, now I can't say his name right, but I can analyze his game. Um, but his, it's just, his accuracy just hasn't really been there. And he really hasn't really thrown the ball super deep. Um, it's, I mean, it's been, I mean, good that he's been able to run the ball a little bit because that gives him, you know, a little bit of an edge. Oh, he also threw a pick on Saturday as well, and it was a costly pick. So, I mean, North Carolina State did all the things that it needed to do. Um, it showed up at home and really got the job done against a team that's kind of reeling, let's be honest, right now. They're kind of reeling right now. Uh, they're certainly not looking good. So, um, you know, definitely look going forward. I, I say Clemson drops out of the top 25. Um, and that win that Georgia got over them, I don't think it's going to mean as much. Georgia's going to have to just, you know, get a couple more meaningful wins in the SEC to kind of offset that. But what looked to be a good matchup in the beginning of the year is looking like, oh, well, hmm, Georgia, why did you struggle against this team? Um, particularly, again, particularly a team that can't beat, you know, teams like NC State, again, who weren't ranked. Like I said, they are ranked now due to that win. But, <laughs> again, I don't I, I, I definitely don't see how Clemson is in the top 25. Um, yeah, it, like I said, zero wins versus the top 25. To me, um, early losses like that, I hate to say it, but it kind of says that you don't really belong at this point. Maybe maybe in a few more weeks, maybe you get a couple wins, but right now you're not. A, at this point, week four, whatever, because of the dead week, whatever, they're not a top 25 team at all. Uh, but let's move on to number 24. We have Wake, uh, Wake Forest here. Excuse me. They are a new team on the scene. Uh, they're led offensively by quarterback Sam Hartman. He's currently He currently has 955 passing yards. He has a 9-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, they're also He's also helped out, helped out on the offensive end by running back Christian Beal Smith. Yeah, I thought about Batman too a little bit. Uh, he has 276 yards on the ground. Four touchdowns. He's averaging five yards per carry. So almost a first low. Well, I would say um, 
when he touches the ball, he's going to get you halfway there to a first down pretty much every time. That's pretty decent. That's really good. Um, they're also uh, top 10 defense in terms of points allowed. They're only giving up 14.2 points a game. That goes into somewhat of their success, although they haven't played anybody just yet. But who knows with the way that Clemson is playing right now, uh, they might be able to stun them. Oh, currently currently Wake Forest is 4-0. Um, also, they might even be able to catch NC State. NC State is probably more along, you would think, more along their level anyway. So they might even be able to catch a team like them. Uh, but defensively, defensively, this team is led by defensive back Luke Masterson. He has 27 total tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks. And then also linebacker uh, Ryan Sminda Jr. He has 23 total tackles, a pass deflection, and two forced fumbles. Uh, like I said before, at number 23, we had North Carolina. We kind of broke down that game that they had uh, with Clemson. That's pretty much why they're here right now. Um, at number 22, we have Auburn. Still in the mix, 3-1. and one. Uh, Number 21, we have a new arrival as well. Uh, they jumped up significantly as well. I mean, my my idea about it, I mean, if I'm, if I'm just saying, I think maybe you put Baylor at 25. I don't know about 21. I'm just being nitpicky. That's just me. Don't really listen to me too hard. I mean, they just kind of just arrived. But yes, they are 4-0, but... No, nah, they had a pretty solid win over over Iowa State, so I, I can kind of see that. It was a pretty big win, thirty-one to twenty-nine. In that game, they were led by quarterback uh, Gary Bohannon. I've been hearing his name in the at least in the Pac-12. I mean, not the Pac-12, but the Big 12 conference talks. If you listen to their analysts, uh, his name is coming up a lot when you're talking about uh, Baylor football and their success recently. Fourteen to nineteen. 164 yards, two touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown. And defensively, defensive lineman Garmin uh, Randolph was able to get six total tackles um, and an interception last week in that win versus Iowa State. Uh, number 20, uh, we have UCLA, who was at 3-1. and one. We also have another new arrival here with Oklahoma State. Uh, pretty solid win against a Kansas State that I wasn't necessarily sold on, um, but they were in the top 25. So, I mean, again, you beat a top 25 team. If you were near the top 25, you're going to probably get in. Um, this is another team that I feel kind of like with Baylor. They're just getting on the scene, so why not put them at 25, 24, maybe put Wake Forest at 23. Um, you know, maybe you keep Wake Forest at 23, and you kind of go from there. Um, maybe, I don't know, like I, I just kind of feel like they just kind of got a little bit overrated because Kansas State wasn't necessarily that good. Um Clemson again had a decent win, so I understand why they would. I mean, NC State, excuse me, NC State has has had a decent win over Clemson, so I know why they're where they're at. But Baylor, I'm a little bit iffy on. Um, Oklahoma State, I'm even more a little bit iffy on. Uh, but again, uh, they are 34th in the nation against the run, run, which is pretty good. They're only averaging 87 yards per game. They are 44th in pat, uh, sorry, points allowed a game at 19.8. Um, they're pretty much they've been led by the said same head coach for years with uh, Mike Van Gundy. Uh, so there's a lot of continuity there. I don't expect that for, for that to change. Um, the, I, th I mean. This might be one of your dark horses or one of your sleepers maybe at this point uh, with a 4-0 start right now. A decent conference, uh, opening conference win here. Um, they also have a big game coming up this week versus, again, Baylor. So, again, a lot of these, a lot more of these ranked teams are going to start seeing each other. So, 
uh, because of conference play. So we're going to have some interesting matchups, and you know we're going to definitely see movement, way more movement than right now. Um, up next, we have Fresno. Um, they're four and one at number uh, at number eighteen. At number uh, seventeen, we have Michigan State at four and zero. Oh. At number sixteen. Another 4-0 team here with Coastal Carolina. At number 15, we have Texas A&M. Um, they came up short uh, last week versus Arkansas. In that game, uh, that final score, by the way, was 20-10, to like I said, in favor of Arkansas. Uh, Texas A&M, of course, goes away 3-1 and one now. Uh, Arkansas, they move up. I don't know. I, I got to look at the rankings. I'm not too sure exactly where they're at. But Arkansas, of course, is still undefeated at 4-0. For Texas A&M on offense, they were led by quarterback Zach uh, Calzada. He would have 151 passing yards, uh, no touchdowns, but no interceptions, so nothing really to, to write home about. Running back Isaiah Spiller would have 95 rushing yards and a touchdown. Linebacker Aaron uh, Aaron Hansford would have six total tackles and a sack on the defensive side. For Arkansas, uh, on the offense, uh, quarterback KJ Jefferson would have 212 passing yards and two touch two touchdowns. Excuse me. Running back Traylon Smith would have 82 rushing yards. Wide receiver Traylon uh, Burks uh, would be the team's leading receiver. Uh, he would also have a receiving touchdown. And um, Marquise, sorry, Montaric Brown on the defensive side, linebacker, he would have six total tackles. Actually, defensive back, he would have a six. He would have six total tackles and an interception. So again. Arkansas comes up with a big win. Of course, they're going to move up in the rankings. Um, oh, they move up to number eight. So, And, of course, Texas A&M with the loss, they're going to drop. At number 14, we have Michigan, who is undefeated at 4-0. BYU moves up a little bit. They're at 4-0. Ole Miss, same thing, undefeated, but they are 3-0. Ohio State, 3-1 at number 11. At number 10, we have Florida. They are 3-1. At number 9, we have Notre Dame here. They're 4-0. Brian Kelly is now the winningest coach in school history with 106 wins. You know, some of them were vacated, so he's a pretty good coach. He ain't won a national championship, though, so even he brought that up. So <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm the one with the most wins and no championship. Yeah, that's just the way it goes in college football. They're currently 30th in uh, scoring right now, 35 points per game. 46 in the in the nation in passing with 286.3 yards per game. So they're a solid team. I feel like they're uh, quite a they're pretty balanced too in terms of their defense. You know, only time will tell. Do they have an outside shot? Looking, I mean, again, I believe this is when they've expanded it to at least six teams this year, if I'm not mistaken. So a lot of things are going to go crazy. If not, I mean, even if we go through with the four team setup, possibly with a you know. Even, you know, with just the four-team setup, you know, again, you're going to have to have Penn State pay, play Iowa at some point. Um, Cincinnati, we don't know what's going to happen with them. Arkansas is going to have to go on this, uh, run into, like, um, you know, Alabama, definitely. So we'll see because, of you know, their division. So, I mean, teams could get knocked off. Oregon plays in a pretty, you know, hard enough conference. People don't give it no love because people can cannibalize each other at any point in the season. Sorry, it's just the way it is. We're really that good. Nobody likes us, but, you know, you got to stay up at night and watch us. And we play really good football, but nobody likes us. But um, as far as Notre Dame, they could probably, I mean, again, it just depends on who loses in front of them. I mean, they have a shot. They keep winning. 
Um, like I said, at number eight, we have Arkansas. At number seven, we have Cincinnati. At number six, we have Oklahoma at 4-0. Cincinnati is undefeated again at 3-0. Um, we have five. At number five, we have Iowa, also 4-0. Penn State, another 4-0 team as well. Um, at number three, we have Oregon. Uh, Oregon is coming off a, a pretty decent, actually pretty decent, in my opinion, Pac-12 opening opening Pac-12 win against Arizona. The final score in that one was 41-19. to And... Um, like I said, for the most part, I believe Oregon played really well, um, more, particularly more so in the second half. I think Anthony Brown did throw for a couple uh, couple scores. You had CJ Verdell do his thing, although he wasn't active throughout the entire game. Um, defensively, the Ducks played a really good game, uh, turning the, well, forcing, um, forcing Arizona into five interceptions. Now, some of them was their quarterback. They just kept letting him throw, and he shouldn't have been. He, I believe he's a freshman. He needed to just kind of just sit back and just kind of take the L, learn a little bit, and just move on to the next week. But they just kept having him throw the ball. And it, and it got really sad, you know. And it was like he had no t – I think he only had maybe one touchdown. Um, and he just didn't look good. And it just – and I, I hope it didn't really fuck with him. But it's just like it was bad play calling on Arizona's part. Uh, but it was really – I mean, I thought it was a decent game from Oregon. Again, um, in the second half, things came together. We had too many penalties, particularly like again in the first first half. Uh, Coach uh, Cristobal had to, had to cut somebody out on the sideline. Rock Gilmore soft ass. I'm out. You're too high on you. Shut the fuck up. That's what football coaches do. He just happened to be on national TV. He's in a nationally televised program because he's a good football coach and his team is good right now. So they're gonna cover the, you know, national coverage is gonna be there. So you're gonna see stuff like that. Oh well, get over it, Rod. Um, another problem with. And so, and again, the the Ducks play a good game. Arizona clearly, you know, was not, you know, wasn't ready. I mean, they tried. Again, they had some moments. Uh, they did put up 19 points. But I'm hearing the ESPN commentary. I don't know what it is. If they're against West Coast teams, if they're just saying it to be spicy or to sound super smart. It's like... You know, they were so snarky about Oregon's performance. Oh, 200 and something yards on the ground. Arizona seemed to run the ball at will. Well, first of all, Arizona couldn't fucking throw the ball. So, of course, they're going to try to run the ball. Just like when you're losing, you're going to throw the ball down the field as opposed to running it, you dumbasses. I mean, that made me really just want to watch Fox because, again, there's always some type of bias or some type of agenda with, with fucking ESPN. Oregon, is, Oregon doesn't play a perfect game. Oh, maybe they're not playoff potential. Oh, they didn't they didn't blow. They didn't, blow, they didn't put 55 points on Arizona. They didn't keep Arizona to seven points. Ooh, it, it didn't look great, so we're just going to bitch and moan. Oh, they gave up 200 yards of rushing. Oh, the quarterback made a, a couple good plays. He looked pretty. No, he gave, he gave up five in the no, they, they really tried to hype up Arizona. It got so bad with ESPN that they're really trying to sit there and, and hype up, uh, up you know, Arizona quarterbacks play. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm not going to say that he was, you know, garbage. I'm not going to really get on his head like that because he's young, he's learning. But he did not play a good game. And ESPN is talking about, oh, he's making some good plays. Oregon is playing this, that, and the other. No. Nah. Stop that. That that biased bullshit. And it's not as a fan because I'm peeping it just as just as a casual watcher of the like I'm watching the game for myself. And they're just sitting there and I'm watching and they could do nothing. All they did was complain about everything Oregon did. Oh, 
Arizona State, like again, they brought up the 200 yards rushing. They ran the ball at will and only scored one touchdown off the running game in the second half. Who gives a fuck how many yards they had? When he, who gives a fuck how many yards that they put up when they only put up 19 points and had five interceptions? Two or three of them was in the fucking red zone. ESPN, get y'all shit together. Stop being biased against teams. That's clear bias in my opinion. Because y'all stay riding USC every fucking year. Doesn't matter what happens to them. We're going to talk about USC in a second. Getting their asses blown out at home by Oregon State. Let's talk about the, 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 the firestorm that's that. Stop being negative about the good teams. The good teams that are actually doing something. 4-0 is nothing to sneeze at right now. If anybody, if any, if there's any team that I'm really worried about in Pac-12 play as of right now, it's always going to be Stanford because we just they're just that much of a balanced team who can actually score on us running the ball. They don't just run the ball and just ooh they had 200 yards, but they're actually going to put up maybe 35 points and or 35 points on us, or maybe 42. They can, they have the potential to, and half of those points are going to come from them score, running the ball. Unlike Arizona, who only gave you about one or one rushing touchdown, maybe two. Because, again, that quarterback couldn't throw for shit that game Saturday. So, Rod Gilmore, whoever we was with Saturday night in Eugene, y'all suck at what y'all do. Y'all hella biased, and I don't like y'all commentary. Don't tell me it's about being critical and all that. You can't. How critical can you be of 41 to 19 and you, and you make five turnovers on defense? You control the scoring in the second half. You, you, you double your scoring output in the second half. Or you, you know, yeah, you, you put up just, you know, you put up, you know, 20, 20 points just like you did in the first half. Stop it. Ducks controlled the ball throughout the second half. They controlled the flow of the game. They they made the crucial plays defensively. No matter what Arizona thought they had going on, it, oh, so what? We went three and out early in the, early to begin the, the, the second half. We turn around. Arizona drives the ball down the field. Damn near scores, but guess what? We pick them off. Because the quarterback ain't all that. They're not all that. And it was going to happen. But everybody, even Oregon fans, like, come on, bro. Start the, watch the fucking game. Why are y'all so negative? Oh, it's, we're not blowing this team out. So we're not good. We're not. You're not supposed to just blow everybody out every fucking night, bro. Teams are going to come at your head. In this conference, we are the kings of this conference. We the champions. So everybody's going to bring us the best football, at least in our conference. Oregon hasn't won a national championship yet, so even when we play these non-conference games, we're not always going to get the respect that we get. Having a, having a win like against Ohio State is a good win. I'm not going to let people bog me down with a win with this, with this win Saturday night. Fuck y'all. That's a good win. Now, when we win, when we go through the Pac-12 North, and beat whoever comes out of the South. I don't want to hear shit. Okay? Now, you can talk to me if we lose in the championship game. Half the rest of y'all motherfuckers ain't even doing nothing. So, I don't want to, I don't care. Cal niggas ain't doing. You ain't doing nothing. Stanford, the only team that's going to probably win the Pac-12 outside of us. There. Now, USC ain't going to do shit. They falling apart. I'll actually I'll tell you one team that's scary in Pac-12. Oregon State. Oregon State looks dangerous. They beat USC ass in LA. Let's talk about it a little bit. 
In this one, quarterback uh, Chance Nolan will go 15-19, 213 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Running back B.J. Baylor would have 158 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Fullback, well, I call him a fullback offensively, but he does play linebacker. Two rushing touchdowns from Jack Coletto. Uh, wide receiver uh, Tawan, uh, sorry, yes, uh, to, to John Lindsay would have five receptions for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Linebacker Riley Sharp would have a sack. And uh, Beavers, Beavers would force four turner, total turnovers. The final score in this one, by the way, was 45-27. to 27. Oregon State moves to 2-1. and one. USC is 2-2. Two and two. For USC offensively, Keaton Slovis went 31-49 for 355 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but he would have three picks. He would throw three picks. Uh, running back Keontae Ingram, 79 rushing yards, a touchdown. Uh, the Trojans gave up 537 total yards of offense. 324 of them were on the ground. But <laughs> y'all want to bitch about the Ducks. Y'all want to bitch about what Oregon did. ESPN, get y'all shit together. This game was on. This game was actually on uh, Fox, and they didn't hold no punches back. I like Fox. When you lose, they gonna talk shit. When you winning. They gonna say they gonna say some positive stuff about you. They gonna say keep it real with you. ESPN some hating motherfuckers. You can be blowing the team out. They they didn't really play that great in the first. It don't matter. Final score is what matters. ESPN y'all don't man y'all hate too much. Anyways, this was the first time Oregon State has won in LA since 1961. That's how you know it's bad for USC. Also, here's another fact here. And they do have an interim coach right now that just kind of shows you the dysfunction that they got. But look at this stat here, too. This is the first time that USC has gone 0-2. and two. I believe it's, this is in Pac-12 play at home since the 1990s. So, again, I don't know who they're going to get. I know, but they look – I'm telling you, they, they in there doing some serious juju. They want – I'm telling you, L.A. ain't going to stop – USC ain't gonna stop till they get the right coach because they got embarrassed. I know they, I know they embarrassed. It's a damn shame. Mm. And they keep getting hyped every year. But Oregon State does look scary. If there's any team that truly scares me, it's probably Oregon State because they have they have beaten us in recent years. UCLA, they are ranked this year. Um, this is a different mode. This is a different model. Um, if 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 the Oregon coaching staff was different, if we were under the same culture, if anything remotely uh, related to Chip Kelly's era where we were taking people and pretty much their staff or their coaching staff was in-house and hired in-house, then I would say Chip, Chip Kelly might have an advantage in that game because he knows certain things. And this one, this is a whole totally different coaching staff of Mario Cristobal. He don't, there's no secrets he could possibly really know. There's no real intel that he could really have. Um, I still think Oregon's the more talented team in this and that will in that matchup as well. Um, but anytime USC is ranked, I you know, anybody, any ranked opponent you gotta have respect for. So this ain't gonna be a walk in the park for the Ducks, but um I think the media gives us a hard time and they give the Pac twelve a hard time in general. Um they deserve a lot of respect. And I know people say, you know, championships and all that okay, well, well, tell me, tell me a Big Twelve national champion since two thousand five, and before that, name me one at before uh, possible. Well, you got maybe Nebraska in the nineties, but let's talk about modern era. Outside of Ohio State, tell me a Big Ten team that's consistently won a national championship. 
can't tell me one. Outside of Alabama from the SEC, name me another team that's consistently, not just once in a while. Again, US, sorry, LSU was, I'm not going to say it's a, a, a fraud, but they're definitely a one-hit wonder. Look at them now. Only God knows what's going to happen with Georgia. Georgia ain't even won these, the SEC in, in this, you know, in the this Kirby Smart era just yet. So, y'all tell me. You know, I mean, again, I see the same four five teams winning. It's not a conference. It's not, I don't see SEC dominance. I see Bama dominance. I don't see uh, Pat, uh, Big Ten, you know, being better than somebody. No, I just see Ohio State winning. So, Y'all tell me. I mean, even for the, the the Big 12, who represents them usually in the playoff? You don't see Texas going to the playoff. You don't see Baylor going to the playoff. You don't see TCU going to the playoff. You see Oklahoma every year. So why am I supposed to believe that somehow the Pac-12 is somehow some garbage conference? I don't believe it. Nah. I'm just saying. I ain't buying it, especially with, with Oregon's win this year at Ohio State. I ain't buying it. Oh, before I let y'all go, like I said, I have some uh, football, some college football news to go over. Um, some of it, you know, like I said, uh, somber. Um, unfortunately, uh, one well, it's, well, let me let me get the words together, the words right for it. Unfortunately, another young man uh, who was a player for the Utah uh, Utah football team has been shot and murdered this time uh it's defensive back aaron Lowe, just 21 years old he was shot and killed saturday night uh, early sunday morning just three miles away from where he was just playing his last game which is in rice echo stadium salt lake city and um he was at a house party and apparently there was some disagreement but it's like fuck you know like he can't enjoy himself. He can't go out and and have fun and and go to certain places. I was watching this uh this video last night about um Mace and what made him leave the rap game. And um again this is rap music of course, but I, I ran a, I ran across this quote that Cameron uh had made and he was referring to this conversation. He was having with Mace, right? And again, you know, and this is different, you know, fields. But uh, the the point I'm trying to make is in that in that quote and what Cameron was saying was that Mace was telling him, you know, out of nowhere, people got really aggressive in the hood for some reason. You know, he well because of his after his success, he felt like people were being had some animosity or and some antagonistic views towards him. And, you know, that forced him. I mean, he's like, there was violence there, and I had to leave that, you know. And it's like, I'm looking at this young man. He's in college. He's being successful. He's doing his thing. He was just recently playing in the football for the, the, the college. And it's like, after a certain point, I feel like any type of notoriety you got, any, it's like we, it's like the negativity is drawn to us. I think that's sad, man. Like he can't go to no fucking house party without getting into some shit and somebody want to kill him. Why can't y'all fools fight? 
I just saw this video with this bitch ass dude in Alabama. He just shot somebody. I don't even think he ended up killing him because he couldn't even shoot right. And he over there on Facebook live, like, I don't play that. I ain't got time for talking, but you got time for shooting and not even killing nobody because you ain't got no aim like that? You's a bitch. These dudes ain't got no hands. It's just marks out here. I'm sorry. Ain't nothing wrong with taking the L, man. Ain't nothing wrong with getting your knuckles bloody, your knuckles dirty. We supposed to be beyond that. We supposed to be able to use our words, but ain't nothing wrong with some fisticuffs. But shoot, motherfuckers, that's punk shit. I'm sorry, bro. Unless you're in the military, unless you're a policeman, unless you really like a thug in the game, just to shoot motherfuckers. Man, fuck you, dude. You a punk, bro. Like you ain't got no reason to, dude. And you know, like another young brother. Like I'm sorry, Miss. I'm sorry, Aaron. Like I'm sorry. You know that had to happen to you. I'm, my condolences to your family because people got to be ignorant. People just jealous. People don't want to see us succeed, you know? And it's just, or people just can't handle their anger or their ego enough to just let shit go. I ain't never seen that. I, I don't understand that. Like, it ain't, you ain't got to kill no motherfucking It ain't worth all that, particularly unless it's really life or death. Come on, man. Shit. Somebody try to come in your house, try to rob you for real. Yeah, I get that. You get into something with somebody, you know, you, you say you say a few words, either you fight them or you don't, or you walk off. Like, you know, it ain't even all that. Like, shooting is for bitches. I'm just going to say it straight up. Um, one more bit, bit of news for college football here before I let y'all go. We move on. Um, Ohio State is letting go of their line, one of their, um, one of their senior linebackers. The school dismissed linebacker Kayvon Pope. After he uh, was pretty much dismissed, well, after he had an incident last Saturday and he needed to be uh, pretty much let off the field in their game versus Akron. Now, pretty much what happened was he was supposed to be, you know, I guess he had tried to come in and somebody waved him off of of a play. And um, he took that the wrong way. He was about to walk off the field. Actually, he walked off the field. The coach staff had to come and, well, pretty much escort him back to the field. And he goes, nah, fuck that. He starts trying to take off his equipment. And they tried to talk to him some more. And I guess they said, well, you know, they escorted him off the field again. So since then, you know, he's a senior. They even cut him from the team. I don't know what it's all about. I don't know what's on his mind. He also went to put on a, pay, put on a post, uh, I think it was Instagram talking about, or Twitter. Talking about fuck Ohio State, all that type of shit. And the man is lucky. And I'm going to tell you why he's lucky. This is the quote coming from the head coach, Ryan Day. Uh, the head coach went on to say, Kayvon will continue to have use of the programs um, that benefit our student athletes, such as our student support service. And we will support him with his progress towards uh, graduation. He's lucky he got that. He should be lucky right now. Cause I, I don't. I mean, again, the fuck you tripping about? You they called you off of a play. You not in the, and I guess because the expectation for this guy in particular was that he was supposed to be a starter this year, um, but that hasn't come to fruition, and uh, there's obviously some frustration there. So I guess getting you know being waved off by somebody you supposed to be, you feel like you supposed to be the starter over, probably gonna affect you in a way. So I get it. Uh, I don't think he responded in the best of ways, but there you go. 
Uh, so he's cut. He's just lucky he gets to be there, you know, you know, because sometimes them coaches would, you know, I don't know how that works, you know, per se. But again, I would say that I would say that it would be a blessing to still have access to those resources and for that team to still help you at least graduate. You still on and he's still on scholarship. So by the time, you know, so he'll be able to at least see to it that he gets graduated as long as he gets through the semester and it's all good. So, man, um, and I mean, he's a senior and, and of course, you know, like I said, um, he has a chance to still graduate, but you know, brothers, you know, fellas, don't matter what background you are really, when you're given that opportunity, ladies too, you know, learn how to, you know, don't, you know, don't be, don't react like that. You know, try to understand that, you know, things happen for a reason and try to work on them, you know, um. Me personally, I face many problems where I've worked or places that I have worked. And, you know, it having a negative outlook towards it, having a negative disposition about it doesn't necessarily help your situation. It hurts your situation. Um, people don't understand, you know, by just being, sometimes just being a great person, things open up to you in certain ways. So even if you come up a little bit short, I, in a lot more cases, people are trying to, will be more willing to say, hey, here's that second chance. And here's a second chance with a little bit more knowledge from my end about how to do it. So, I, I, I again, um, I think getting kicked off, again, if he had plans of going, possibly getting drafted, that might fuck that off. Although he can always go undrafted. Um, although the NFL is iffy about, you know, drafting seniors in certain positions, they all like, eh, you know, they tend to go on draft anyway, so it might not affect them that much. Um, but again, I mean, he does get a chance to graduate. They will work with him. So he got to be, you know, he has to be lucky for that. And like I said, just when you're in certain positions, you know, don't be so, don't be so ready to lash out, you know, um, at least in this, in this, in that, you know, situation, sports whether it be football basketball baseball anything really even in like a sport like boxing which we'll be getting <laughs> getting into as well um but um what whatever it is you gotta you gotta be what they would say coachable they gotta be able to talk to you they gotta be able to say these things to you and you adhere to or not you know what I'm saying you know you listen to that take that in and you show some type of improvement, or you, like I said, you you put in, you implement those teachings. So that's what they're looking for on the next level in terms of the pros. So if that was his plan to do, then it that's not a good look there. That's not a good look there because he's supposed to be cultivating that image that he that he can be coached, that he can be talked to. And again, not all you know with that you know, and and again his situation you know for him probably personally he might not have liked it. He thought he maybe. He, you know, was truly, like I said, he believed that he was supposed to be a starter this year and it didn't happen. But, you know, you can't let that affect you because who knows what happens. Maybe you get to the next level and you work your ass off and you become a starter there. And that's where it matters because there's plenty of, there's plenty of guys that were awesome stars in college that don't pan out in the NFL. But there were guys that, you know, kind of found their way in college, got drafted, found their way onto a team and became least. So, uh, Kayvon, don't let it get to you. Just get through this. Get to your graduation. Know that you have that in your back pocket, and you do have a football background. So probably you can probably parlay that 
and still probably play in the NFL if you wanted to, if that is your goal. I don't know him personally about his personal goals, but you know, you gotta be able to be coachable. That's that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna say. That that is exactly what these coaches are gonna want on the next level. So Alright y'all, I'm going to take another break And when we get back, we got some more sports to go through Like I said, we're going to go through some heavy heavyweight boxing uh, We had the USEC, the, the USEC AJ uh, fight I want to get to that and talk about uh, Not just that fight, but a little bit about my view On heavyweights in general in this era I mean, And I've been thinking about that a lot recently And um, I want to talk about week two Sorry, week three of the NFL And then of course we'll have a brief, uh, brief wrap up of the MLB all right, y'all. I'll be right back. some interesting games to go over, at least in my opinion. We're going to start off with Monday Night Football. NFC East matchup. Cowboys, uh, they get it done against the Eagles, 41-21. to The Cowboys move to 2-1. and The Eagles are now 1-2. and For the Eagles, they were led by Jalen Hurts, 25-39, 326 yards, two touchdowns, two INTs. Um, the leading receiver for the Eagles was uh, Zach Ertz at the tight end spot with four catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Couldn't really run the ball that well, Philly. Um, yeah, but Greg Ward Jr. gets a receiving touchdown. Defensively, Anthony uh, Anthony Harris gets 14 total tackles. And defensive tackle, uh, Javon Hargrove. Javon Hargrove gets six total tackles and two sacks. Um, my takeaway from the Eagles' performance, um, they, they lack a number one receiver, I feel, in my opinion. They lack a consistent running game as well. Um, Jalen Hurts seems to be okay. Um, but I, you know, I think there's some things that he can improve, of course. But I also think, don't think he has the greatest talent around him, particularly with the offensive line as well. I don't think he gets as you know great protection. Uh, but defensively, uh, not much to say from the Eagles either. They gave up 41 points. So I mean, again, both sides of the ball. This team at this point is underachieving. For the Cowboys, Dak Prescott will go 21 to 26. Uh, 238 yards and three touchdowns. Zeke uh, had a really good game as well. 95 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Tight end Dalton Schultz, uh, he would be the team's leading receiver. He would have six catches for 80 yards. Actually, I don't think he was a leading receiver in terms of yardage, but he would have six catches and 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, actually, two touchdowns. And uh, Cedric Wilson uh, will be the will actually would catch another uh, touchdown pass as well. And defensively, defensive back Anthony Brown will get you four total tackles and an interception. For the Cowboys, it looks to be a complete game. Um, I'm not saying they're out of the woods just yet, um, but they look to be in the driver's seat at this point going into week four. Um, they look to be, well, of course, in their division, that is. I'm not saying in the grand scheme of the NFC right now, 
Uh, but right now, with the way the Giants are playing, of course, of course, they just got the win against the Eagles. Uh, the 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 Washington. I'm not, I almost want to call them the Redskins again, but the Washington football team suffers another loss. We're gonna break that down a little bit too. But again, they look to be the Cowboys look to be in the driver's seat of the NFC East. So good win from them. Uh, moving on, of course, the Raiders. Uh, another nail biter. This time, this was against the Dolphins. You know, maybe it shouldn't have been this close, but you know, we get the dub anyways. Twenty-eight thirty-one in overtime. Um, it wasn't a perfect game, uh, to say the least. Um, but again, you know, a win is a win. I know a lot of people are gonna complain. Oh, they didn't look good. Uh, you know, the Dolphins. This Dolphins, you know, were slated to have a pretty decent team this year. Tua just happens to be out, and to be honest, I know um, when we talked about Jacoby Brissett's uh, stats beforehand, it didn't seem to be that awe-inspiring, but to be honest with you, I think he's on the level of a Tyrod Taylor. I do think he has the capabilities of being a starting quarterback in the league, uh, but nonetheless, let's get into the stats. Uh, speaking of Jacoby Brissett, he will go 32 of 49 through the air, 215 yards. He would have a rushing touchdown again. He led the, the, the Dolphins down. Uh, many different scoring, well, many uh, scoring drives, including near the end, and um, you know, again, he didn't have any passing touchdowns, but he didn't turn the ball over. He still was able to score. Like I said, he was the leader on many of those drives. So um, again, he's definitely a starting quarter, a starting caliber quarterback in my opinion. He's on the Tyrod Taylor tier. Um, he's, I wouldn't say he's all, you know, he's a great quarterback, anything like that, but he's definitely worthy of a chance at playing or at least starting. You know, that's my opinion. Malcolm Brown will get a, uh, a touchdown on the ground as well. And defensively, uh, Brandon Jones will get uh, six total tackles and a sack. And linebacker Elandon Roberts will get five total tackles and a sack as well. For the Raiders, of course, Derek Carr in the center, 26-43 for him, 386 yards. He would throw two touchdown passes, but he would have an interception. Peyton Barber uh, making the Raiders running game look good again. 111 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, Hunter Renfro coming up big again. Five total receptions, uh, 77 yards and a touchdown. And fullback Alec Ingo will get a receiving touchdown as well. Linebacker Denzel Perriman uh, will be the team's leading tackler. Again, he's showing out. That was a good move on us, I believe. Um, really smart trade. I think it was like a six-round pick or something like that. This guy double-digit tackles once again. Um, I think he's probably already one of the team's leading tacklers. I, 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 got, I would have to check this out. But Denzel Perriman, all over the place. A smart, low-key move. Nobody's going to talk about it. All Everybody's, a, you know, I mean, a lot of the haters, they're not going to look at things like this. Uh, but it's, you know, I like stats like that. I like smart moves like that. And it's going to be a matter of time. This is probably John Gruden's best team. I'm not saying we stay undefeated. I'm not going to be the one to automatically say Super Bowl, but to 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 think that we can't make the playoffs, I, I think that's a little fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I think we have a good enough team now. That's not to say that we have to, we don't have to go through the Chargers and the Chargers aren't a good enough team. This is a good enough chance to see you know what where we are both at. Both of these teams are at, and I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City isn't it finishes out outside looking in, and maybe it's us in. Uh, us and the Chargers going to the playoffs. Who knows? Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised with the way that they're playing. So, 
I like I like what the Raiders are doing right now. Of course, three point win. I know a lot of people are gonna complain about it, but you know I'm gonna take the dub. I mean, I'd rather be the I'd rather not be the Niners. You know they lost. Yep, and they the main ones talking shit. Niners fans main ones talking shit about the Raiders, and they lost. 38 to 20, sorry, 30 to 28 against the Packers. Again, the Niners, they haven't even played a playoff team yet. They haven't beaten a playoff team yet. They've lost, uh, yeah, this is their only playoff caliber team that they faced so far. We've already beaten two. We've beaten the Steelers and the, and the Ravens. So I don't really want to hear it. Niners get out there. They lose in that dramatic fashion. We should have known that, though. Aaron Rodgers. Man, he's better. He's just better than a lot of different quarterbacks, including Tom Brady, in my opinion. Super Bowls aside, ah, that's just me. 20-33 from him, 261 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Jones would have 82 rushing yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams would be the team's leading receiver with 12 receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Defensive back Jair Alexander would be would be a factor on defense, five total tackles and an interception, and linebacker Preston Smith, four total tackles from him. He would also get a sack. Uh, for the Niners, Jimmy G, of course, out there doing his thing, 25 of 40, 257 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. I don't think he played that bad. I mean, you know, just I think the Niners, you know, I don't know what they're missing. I, I really don't. I think it's I think it's a I think they really need a franchise running back. I know they want to run by committee, and I know they want to just put in whoever. But I think, you know, maybe trading for Zeke wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I think they really just need a superstar running back. I mean, I think they have solid enough receivers, you know, whatever. But a really good running back and not just a slew of average guys for them. I don't know what it is. I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid of that running game necessarily, particularly in the playoffs. But, I mean, whatever. They say that it works, but they haven't won nothing yet. Um, Brandon Ayuk and uh, Kyle Yushik, the fullback, will both get uh, touchdown passes. And defensively, linebacker Aziz Al-Shair will get 10 total tackles. So, again, Niners come up short. They thought they was going to win. You know, Jimmy G was all happy. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers was like, nah. You know, I told, I was trying to tell everybody to calm the fuck down. That was just week one. This was a fluke. I'm pretty much in the zone right now. I'm mad right now. <laughs> I got embarrassed. Because <laughs> I think, for I think to be honest with you, I really honestly think Aaron Rodgers really got into everything in his head. He's feeling himself a little bit after that press conference. He called the team out. I think it got to little bit, be a little bit petty in his mind. And he thought he was making a statement. And then, you know, week one, he got embarrassed. Like, okay, okay. Okay, I did make my point. Now let's play some football. You know what I'm saying? So um, he's back in the mode. And, um... Yeah, Niners. Sorry, he wasn't gonna win that. I, I'm, I, I'm not betting. I'm not betting too many times against Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, I, I wouldn't do it. That's not me. Uh, the the Buccaneers they took an L here. Uh, their first loss of the season. This uh, they took a loss here to the Rams. Thirty-four to twenty-four was the final score for the Bucks. Tom Brady will go forty-one to fifty-five for four hundred thirty-two yards. He would have a touchdown, and you know, I think he was a team's. Now I don't even want to say he was a team leading rusher. That, that running game was was nowhere to be found. Uh, Chris Godwin rushing touchdown from him again. That rushing game was nowhere to be found. Six total catch from, catches from him. Excuse me. He would have 74 yards. Mike Evans would be the team's leading receiver with 106 yards. And running back Giovanni Bernard. 
uh, will be the will, will get a receiving touchdown uh, for the, the Rams. Uh, of course, Matt Stafford, 27 to 38, 343 yards, four touchdowns from him. Deshaun Jackson, team's leading receiver. Well, is that Deshaun Jackson? I freak. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was just playing. 120 yards, touchdown. Cooper Cup, nine receptions, 96 yards, two touchdowns. Cooper Cup, man, he's a he's man, he's a great white hope at wide receiver, dog. You ever noticed that him? I was gonna say Cole Beasley, but I don't want people to be all. Oh, he just he just really taking his stand now. Nah, he ain't even all that to me as a receiver. He just say what he say. Um. Who else is never mind? I'm going too far. Let's get back to this game. I'll be I'll be going into different tangents. My bad, y'all. Kenny Young on defensive side, ten total tackles in the sack, and linebacker Leonard Floyd, four total tackles in the sack. Again, everybody likes seeing Tampa lose, but I mean it ain't like they still I mean they're not a favorite at this point. They still a favorite to win a division. Uh pretty much win the conference possibly so. I don't, I don't know what the complaints are, or I don't know what you know. So what, you know, Rams. I mean, Rams get it done now. They still not a necessarily a favorite to win that division. So, whoop de do. <laughs> like, like, there's other things to look at. You know, I mean, both these teams are pretty much gonna go to the, to the playoffs. My my question is, what's gonna happen when they go there? Uh, week two mat, week three matchups. Okay, fine. Um. The Saints, they get it done against the Patriots, 28-13. Uh, Saints move to 2-1. Patriots are 1-2. For the Saints, Jameis Winston, uh, better game. 13-21, 128 yards. He would have two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara would be the team's leading rusher with 89 yards on the ground. He also would have a receiving touchdown. Taysom Hill would have a rushing touchdown. And Marquez Callaway would have a receiving touchdown. Marcus Lattimore would lead the defense with 10 total tackles, and Malcolm Jenkins would have t uh, 7 total tackles and an interception. Uh, actually, Marcus Lattimore would have an interception as well. Uh, for the Patriots, quarterback Mac Jones, 30-51, all over the place, 270 yards. He would have a touchdown and 3 interceptions again. It was a, it was a rookie moment, though. I mean, he's, he's new. Uh, the problem with the Patriots, only 42 rushing yards. Not any any type of balance there, so of course you're gonna force your quarterback to have to throw the ball. Uh, Kendrick Bourne would have six catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. And defensively, Matthew Judon would have three total tackles, a sack, and two and a half sacks. Um, you know, again, oh yeah, Washington. Yeah, Washington again comes up short against the Bills, 43-21. Um, I don't, I don't know. Well, well, let's just keep it real here. Washington has a lot of issues right now. Their starting quarter, starting quarterback is out, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's one of their issues. There, the defense hasn't really shown up just yet. You know, despite having you know all these Chase Young and Montez Sweat and all these great defensive guys, nobody's really shown up yet, and it's just been an issue uh, for the Bills. Josh Allen goes 32 of 43. 358 yards. He would have four touchdowns through the air. He would have a rushing touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders would have five catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns. Running back Zach Moss and defense, uh, sorry, and tight end, tight end Dawson Knox would have receiving touchdowns as well. Defensively, Micah Hyde would have five total tackles and an interception. And safety Jordan Poyer would have an interception as well. For Washington, Tyler Heineke would have would go 14 to 24 for 212 yards. 
He would have two touchdowns, two interceptions. He would have a rushing touchdown as well. Antonio Gibson would have 73 rushing. Oh, he, have a, he would have a 73-yard 73 uh, receiving touchdown. And Logan Thomas would have four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown as well. Linebacker Cole Holcomb will lead the way for the for the Washington football team with uh, 14 total tackles. I, oh, man. I Not that I... I'm disappointed that I can't say Redskins, but it's just ingrained. It's just you've been saying it all my life. You know what I'm saying? It's just Redskins, Washington Redskins. Now I got to say Washington football team. Damn, that's hella generic. I don't know what they name going to be. I mean, but if it's anything goofy like the Cleveland Guardians, God help us. I don't think I could watch them because I don't even want. I wouldn't even want to talk about them because I don't want to say their name. I'm, I'm already thinking about how I'm going to talk about Cleveland next year because I don't find, I don't think I'm gonna call them the Guardians, bro. I'm not gonna sit there and say Cleveland. I don't sound. I'm just gonna say Cleveland. Yep, that's what I'll do. Uh, anyways, let's get back to the NFL. Finally, uh, well, actually, this was the first matchup of the day for Week Three, uh, but it's the, the last matchup I'm gonna be talking about tonight. Um, we had the Chargers going up against the Chiefs. Of course, really big AFC West matchup early in the year. The Chargers get it done on the road, 30-24. to 24. Uh, The Chargers, they were led, of course, by Justin Herbert. He goes 26 of 38, 281 yards. He will get four touchdowns. Austin Eckler will be the team's leader rush, rusher, of course, 55 yards on the ground from him. But he would also have six catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Mike Williams. There's always a Mike Williams, a Michael Williams somewhere in the NFL every decade, every two or three years or five, six years almost. At the same position, I swear to God. And some of them even come from the same school. This one comes from Clemson. Some come from like Syracuse or some random university. But every five or six years, there's a Mike Williams as a starting wide receiver somewhere in the NFL. It's amazing. But again, Mike is such a common name. And that's not to put the name down, but it's just a common name. Everybody named everybody named Daddy named Michael. <sighs> like the last name Smith. Everybody named Mama has the last name Smith. God damn. Like millions of people. But anyways, Keenan Allen, eight catches, fifty yards, and a touchdown. Linebacker Kaiser White would have eight total tackles and a sack. And safety Al uh Aloe Gilman would have six total six total tackles and an interception. For the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, 27-94. 24 God, you know I'm tripping. 27-44. If he threw the ball that many times and couldn't, he only made 27 passes. I'm yanking him. That ain't going to work. I don't care who he is. Uh, 260 yards, three touchdowns, but he would throw two picks. Clyde, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 100 rushing yards and a receiving touchdown on the day. Uh, Travis Kelsey would have seven catches for 104 yards. Nicole Harlan would have a receiving touchdown. And safety Daniel Sorensen would have seven total tackles. Um, I think the big difference here, or the big key here for the Chiefs is Travis Kelsey didn't score. It looks like, um, what's his name? I think, I'm not too sure about... um, Oh, Tyreek Hill. I can't remember if Tyreek Hill scored. I don't think Tyreek Hill scored either. So their biggest threats didn't score. Those are, I mean, again, that's crucial points, you know. So, and again, you know, for the Chiefs, another blown defensive type of game. Like, you know, 
you know, they're not, they have never really been known to be the best defensive team in, in this era, but it looks like they're really, it's really becoming a liability. It's never become a, it's never been a liability, ability, excuse me, for this team to the point where they're losing. But now they're starting to lose games because of this defense and this offense can't really bail them out. So that is interesting. It will be interesting to see what happens with this team going down, uh, you know, the rest of the season. For the Chargers, um, really good game for them. Again, um, their their player their main playmaker showed up. Um, you know the ones that Justin Herbert relies upon. Austin Eckler again leading the team in rushing. He also had a receiving touchdown. Again, Mike Williams shows up for two receiving touchdowns. And again, uh, sorry, Keenan Allen does his thing as well. Um, defensively, you had good play there. You only give up about. I mean, again, twenty four points. That's not that bad. That's like that's four scores. But in reality, you know, that's only like three touchdowns, which isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. Again, with an offense like Kansas City, you expect them to put up like 40 points almost every game. So to keep them at that, you know, to keep them there, that's solid on San Diego. I mean, San damn, I'm used to calling them San Diego too, man. Man, things need things to change. Things change, man. I... I've just realized I'm getting older, man. And you know, like the cliche, you see that, you see like the old, the cliche, the cliche older dude on those little sitcoms. He's like, the world is changing. It's not the same. I'm like, damn, dude, it's really not the same. The Chargers do not play in San Diego. And I got to constantly remind myself of that. Damn. And the only reason I the only reason I don't call the Raiders the Oakland Raiders still because I just call them, I've always called them the Raiders period I never said the city in front of them again for those of you who you know under who for the for those of you who may not be understanding or knowing of my fascination with the Raiders it's always been the logo and the team and the the, the color the color the uniform colors and the, the the legendary players themselves and including John Madden as opposed to whatever city they were in at the time. It was just, oh, Raiders, Raiders. I didn't really care where they were playing at. So I guess that's why I can just call them Raiders now and not have to trip about it. But damn, L.A. Chargers. And mind you, they played in the L.A. in LA in the 60s, but it's just L.A. Chargers. I just, wow. Um, it still blows my mind. It still blows my mind. But before I let y'all go on the NFL hype, I wanted to break down some discussion. And recently, I came across an article from Bleacher Report talking about five coaches that are already pretty much on the hot seat. And for what it's worth, um, I agree with them. Uh, but let's get it. In, let's get it in. Uh, we're going to start off with Joe Judge, head coach, of course, of the New York Giants. Now, the Giants went big in free agency, signing wide receiver Kenny Galladay to a four-year, seventy-two million dollar contract, and defensive back Adoree Jackson to a three-year. 30, I think it's $32 million contract. And they will also re-sign defensive end Leonard Williams to a three-year $63 million contract. Now, only time will tell what happens for these guys individually, statistically wise, but as a as a collective, the team is currently zero and three on the year. And it lo also looks as though, um, and I saw this stat just as, as recently as a couple hours ago, if I'm not exactly right, please forgive me. And that goes for any stat I might be wrong about because there's so many that I'm taking down, so many in my head that I come across. So if I'm wrong on the exact number, please forgive me. Please forgive me. But 
I believe Saquon Barkley is averaging 2.9 yards per play. So he is digressing at an alarming rate. It's a shit show. And recently, last week, uh, Galladay was going off on the offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. So it looks to be like, you know, we have a dumpster fire in the making here. Uh, Joe Judge currently has a record of 6-13. and 13. Of course, we know about the drama with the players fighting. He having a run. And then after that fight uh, with the, amongst the team, they have a, you know, inner squad scrimmage with the Browns. Sterling Brown, their starting receiver, gets into it with uh, Cleveland defensive back. It's a lot of drama with this team. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I'm going to be the one. This is one of my main points. Maybe somebody out there will help me make a, a social media quote for me with this one, but it's going to refer to, to coaches, to, to, you know, positional coaches, you know, those coordinators. Some coordinators are just meant to be coordinators. Some coordinators are not meant to be head coaches. And that's just the way it is. Joe Judge, I don't think, is meant to be a head coach. Moving on, we got Mike McCarthy. Uh, so far, they are 2-1, and one, of course, coach of the Cowboys. Uh, but McCarthy is coming off a 6-10 and 10 season and gave up the most points in franchise history in that season. Uh, they had since let go of their former um, defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan. And they're looking to start again. They look solid this year so far. I don't know what Jimmy's, uh, sorry, Jimmy, Jerry Jones's patience, uh, patience level is right now. I feel like if they at least make the playoffs, make a decent enough run, I think this team is is good enough to at least get a win in the playoffs. Uh, definitely make it, let alone make it. Um, you know, I don't see them going super deep necessarily. Just like with the Raiders, I think they get there make a statement, maybe lose in the next round, and then kind of say, we'll be back. And then that's when they kind of go on their run, just kind of how I feel with the Raiders. But I think if they're able to do that, then it saves McCarthy. If they implode, if they definitely, if they implode, they're done. If they don't make the playoffs, it just depends on the record, in my opinion, and what it looks like on the eye test. If they win a couple games in a row, if they're in contention for a playoff spot, and they just kind of miss out on it by a game or two, then he's okay. But if they completely implode or if they finish it and they're like three or four games below 500, he could be done. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, up next, we have Matt Nagy, one that uh, somebody that I'm really on the board for. I don't see why he hasn't gotten fired before. He just seems to just luck his way into this, you know, into this futility. He's on, you know, he's on the last year of his contract, however. And he's led the team to the playoffs two times in the last three years, although we know they've been nondescript. We can't even remember. I didn't even know. I didn't remember. That's how I know that they were bad runs. Um, yeah, bad runs. Like, it's bad. yeah, he ate something bad and he just didn't do nothing. That's how I went. That's how I went for Chicago in the playoffs. That's why I don't remember. Um, his future hinges, and this is according to the upper management. This is according to the McCoskey family and all the owners. His future is dependent on the development or the, no, not even so much development, but the production at the quarterback position. So it doesn't matter if it's Justin Fields this season. It doesn't matter if it was going to be Andy Dalton. <laughs> this guy's done because Andy Dalton ain't even playing. And your boy, your boy, Justin Fields, just got sacked nine times. So, 
also constantly criticized, and this goes for in the media. He's constantly, constantly, you know, constantly criticized. I'm pretty sure within, you know, head, you know, in the circles of the, you know, Bears organization. But I think when you know when you when you're getting, you know, criticized by the fans, you're getting criticized by the media on a regular basis, like Nagy is. It gives the pro gives the program team a bad look. And I think they're going to take that into account, too. So, again, particularly for him, if he don't make the playoffs and them quarterbacks don't look good, he's done. I definitely agree with that one. I think he's definitely gone. Up next, we got Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's currently 8-26 and and with a tie. That's his overall record, y'all. 8-26 and with a tie. Wow. Oof. Oof. With two last place finishes in the AFC North. Currently, the team is 17th in scoring with 22.7 points per game and haven't gotten 270 or more yards in their last two games. He might be done too. Again, unless unless they turn it around, I think they might have a winning record at this moment. But unless he, yeah, they would have to have a winning record for him to survive, I think. I don't know. And finally, we got Mike Zimmer of the Minnesota Vikings. Back-to-back losing seasons for him. Currently 1-2 on the year so far. The defense is still bad. That's supposed to be his calling card. They're giving him 26 points per game. He's done, too. They're not winning the division. They're not going to go to the playoffs. Let's just keep Minnesota. Y'all just go ahead and just just go to the game just to have fun. And just, just root for next year because this ain't the time. I don't know what y'all gonna buy. Buy Madden's and 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 support y'all team that way and do yeah get y'all yeah get y'all live streamers to to play Madden and and play as the Minnesota Vikings and y'all can do that. That's what y'all do because y'all not going nowhere and y'all gonna have to fire him, Matt Mike, Mike's Mister Mike Zimmer. Okay, yeah, you know um. Y'all need to make a, a, a Tom Grassi or like a Brandon Perna for, you know, Vikings fans. You know, somebody that y'all can enjoy and y'all can look at and y'all can share ideas with. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll be a de facto uh, uh, Vikings, you know, YouTuber for y'all. Y'all want me to do it? I'll do it. I'll live stream Vikings on on YouTube for y'all on Madden. Would y'all like <laughs> You ain't got nothing going on. Y'all ain't got shit going on. All right. All right. Moving on. I'm done making fun of Minnesota. They gonna be mad at me. They gonna be mad at me for that. I don't care. (laughs) Y'all should have won in 98. And you should have beat the Cardinals that one year. So, I don't care if y'all get mad. (laughs) Oh, God. Um... Let's get into some boxing for a little bit. Uh, last weekend, we had AJ, of course, Anthony Joshua. I refer to him as AJ. I got, I got love for the man, you know, and I actually actually had love for his opponent, a lot of love for his opponent, actually, Alexander Usyk. So they get it on last weekend for the IBF, it's IBO, I want to say the WBA uh, heavyweight titles. I won't even say, I won't even add the WBO on there, too. And um, Usyk goes in there, and uh, you know now 
Oleksandr Usyk by Where Ukraine. I believe he's undefeated still at this point. But I watched this guy. He came up from the cruiserweight division, basically cleared out the best of that division. Um, I was, I was, I was, I, I knew about this guy before, you know, mainstream that even, I don't want to sound like that. You know, there's plenty of people that sound, I don't want to, that's, that sounds like a generic term, but I feel like in a way, I mean, I was, no, I, I was watching his fights. I was, you know, up on him and, you know, this was before he, I mean, to be honest with you, this was before he was on, you know, making pay-per-view events. And so I pretty much knew his style. I knew he was bringing to the table. He's a very good boxer. Um, he's not stiff like the Klitschko brothers. Very athletic. Uh, he moves and gives angles. Um, a lot more angles than Fury gives. And that's because I'm going to say he's probably a little bit, because he's smaller in stature. He's still a heavyweight. He still looks like a heavyweight, but you can tell he's smaller in stature. He's almost like a Chris Bird type, but I think he's far superior than Chris Bird could ever be. Um, and he hits pretty hard too. I think he could have. He definitely was about to drop Joshua in the last round. I definitely thought he was going to drop. Joshua. I was like, "Oh, he laid out. He about to get knocked out," but he didn't. And my, Joshua was my boy. I think he um, was the mo one of the more balanced fighters um, in, at the time. I'm headed into this fight. Now he had already taken the loss, uh, but I, you know, I didn't really have him. I. I actually had Usyk as my favorite. I hadn't really talked about this fight or really previewed this fight. Um, it's, like I said, I'm always talking about so many different sports in the end, and then I focus and I hone in on the NFL and college football, and then I hone in on baseball and the NBA sometimes. And I might not always uh, hype up the fights like I would want to. I probably should do it just because out of my love for the sport, I probably should. But I, if, if I can catch the aftermath, I'll do it. I'll do that. So, um... I watched that fight, you know, I watched it Saturday night after work, and um, I just saw a master class at the heavyweight division. Um, you thought what Fury did against Klitschko was good. No, this was better, a lot better. And it had me thinking, um, it got me to thinking about all three of these guys that they've been hyping up these past uh, four or five years, uh, maybe even longer than that. So Fury, Wilder, and AJ, of course, Joshua. And um, I'm thinking, and I'm and I'm sitting there to myself, are these either of these three guys, maybe all three, but will one of them, are they really Hall of Fame status? Are they really on the on the level of the Ali's, of the Lennox Lewis's? of the prime Klitschko brothers or have we been kind of lulled into what the media into what the boxing analysts want us to hear the pay-per-view commentary guys because again I've I've always been critical of Wilder I've been one of the, probably one of the few people that I know particularly black commentators that have been critical of Wilder and um, I don't know what he brings to the table in this fight, this third fight. But I'm thinking, even if he gets this win against Fury, in the end, that's all he got. If I look at Fury, 
he beats Wilder. That's all he really got. We know Chazor, we know Derek White, we know those guys that they went through. They not they not going nowhere. We know that they not no no they're gatekeepers very you know at best. Andy Ruiz, okay. He got his little shot in. He he knocked out AJ. And again, I've become more critical with AJ, particularly with this fight uh this weekend. So I'm seeing flaws in all these guys' games. And um I'm like, are they? Have they really established these themselves as all-time greats? I don't. Now that I mention it, now that I think about it, now again, Wilder Fury three is going to be a signature fight for both of those guys' respective careers. Now again, whoever gets that win is going to be, that's going to be their highlight. But is it? Is it the highlight of all? Is one of the highlights of all time? I you know. Especially, you know, again, with me being critical of AJ now, I've seen him take two championship losses. One, he got knocked out. One, he got severely outboxed. I look at Wilder. Very protected, protected resume. To be honest with you, that's my opinion. Up until Fury. Doesn't get the first, doesn't get the win in the first match, gets the draw, gets knocked out in the third. I don't know what happens in a rematch, to be honest. He could he could vastly improve. But even with that win against Fury, does that make him on the level of Ali? Does that make him on, on the level of Kid Norton in them? Like I said, Lennox, Lennox Lewis beforehand, uh, Mike Tyson. I can't say that. I can't say that Fury's win over him will do the same for him. Now that I'm mentioning it, and I was a fan of all, I was a fan at least of two of these guys, and I had a respect for what Wilder could do. He's knocking guys out, but he he ain't knocking nobody out that's special. And we could talk about all oh, Luis Ortiz, but let's keep it real. Luis Ortiz was coming off a two-year drug ban, and he was already advanced in age. Get that shit out of here. He was not the boogeyman he once was. So again, I ask you. What is the, any of these guys' signature win that's going to make them great, even if they get those Ws? At this point, with those two L's, one to Andy Ruiz, one to Alexander Usyk, who was a, once a cruiserweight, do you, do you really think the OG fight fans are going to say, yeah, AJ the man? I don't think so. If Wilder gets knocked out again or gets beat up by Fury again, that's he's done. If Fury gets knocked out heat by, by by Wilder, I'm going to roast him and I'm going to be wrong because I was rooting for him in the first couple of fights because I don't I don't think Wilder all that. So, I, But I have to eat some humble pie and I'll roast him, but he's done too. He would be done. There's, there's no victory that they can have against each other that's going to precede or supersede what any of these greats that's done before them have done. And it's kind of sad. And with that being said, we can go back a little bit further and talk about Klitschko. Both of them brothers, they didn't beat nobody either. They really kind of, uh, to me, boring champions. These guys, I mean, they fought each other. They'll, they're going to probably fight each other. Sure, they're fighting each other. As if you talk, you know, especially, you know, Fury and Wilder, they're going to fight each other the third time. But is that, do you, and again, I, you'd have to ask an older, older cat. 
this question. But even, you know, really do your homework. Reanalyze those fights. Can you say that these level these this trilogy is on the level of Ali Frazier? I'm not gonna say that it is. I won't even say it, y'all. I'm sorry. I ain't gonna say it. So whatever happens with Fury and a with Fury and Wilder, it will be great for their careers. But I think in the grand scheme of heavy heavyweight fighters, all three of these guys will eventually end up as a blip, really. A over hype blip. I'm taking a quick break, y'all, and when I'm gonna wrap up everything up, when I wrap everything up, we're gonna be going over the MLB. I need to go over some stats and some scores before the season finally officially ends at the end of the week. So I'll be back, y'all. gonna wrap this up for today and uh, we are gonna get into some MLB action of course uh, well tonight and uh, we're gonna talk about uh, the scores and we're gonna talk about the standings, some of the scores and the standings and then uh, we're gonna get through the wild card and everything again we are in the last week of the season and uh, we're gonna go uh, well I'm gonna go over at least one more time of course the you know the award winners and some of the season ending stats at some point um, right before the playoffs and preview the playoffs. But today, uh, this is pretty much probably going to be the last, uh, the last at least in the regular season uh, edition or segment that I'm going to get into for baseball, at least with scores and all that. Of course, like I said, we're going to get into playoffs um, in just a few days. I'm going to give myself a, a break from the from baseball for a little bit. It's just such a long season, but it's 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 fun for me. It's exciting. Uh, but again, like I said, we have our results and um, at least in the National League, there's still some games to be played out in the American, but it's pretty much uh, it's kind of set. But let's get through the National League real quick, starting with the wild card. And I think the story, at least of the, the you know the latter part of the season has been the St. Louis Cardinals uh, just came from out of nowhere. I believe they were almost fourth in the division at one time uh, and just struggling. Uh, but they, you know, stayed, they stayed steady and their, you know, their crucial components have always come through, whether it be Adam Rainwright on the mound. Uh, we also got uh, Yadier Molina doing his thing also. And uh, it just seems to me that they just seem to get the job done, you know, out of nowhere every year. And this one, especially, I was not expecting this one, but they took out the Cardinals last night. I'm sorry, not the, the Cardinals, but. They took out the Brewers last night, uh, six to two. I am wrapping this up in the morning, uh, so forgive me. And uh, the Cardinals moved to eighty-eight and sixty-nine, and the the Brewers, who you know finished the season pretty, they pretty much finished the season in my opinion. Looks like with the best divisional record, but they just kind of been on the slide lately. I don't know if that's because of you know. Uh, their lineup, they're switching out their lineup to give people rest and all that. Uh, Brandon Woodruff would get the start 
he would he would only go four innings again. I from what I heard from that that was for playoff uh, preservation. Uh, the the Brewers bullpen I'm very uh, suspicious about them. They pretty much gave the game away. Uh, John Leo Gustav was charged with the loss in this one. Uh, and overall, the bullpen would give up three runs on four hits. So again, I mean, the Brewers, um, they looked to be so hot going into the season. Uh, they were hot pretty much the entire season, but they kind of went meh near the last part. I don't know. They, they, they were losing four. I remember they lost four or five games straight at one point. And uh, it looked to almost be a struggle for them. But it's probably because they're, you know, switching their pieces around putting some other guys in there, giving their giving their starters some breaks for the playoffs. I think they're gearing, gearing, probably gearing for what they believe to be a deep run. So I got to remember that. But, I mean, the the story, like I said, is the Cardinals, again, they're now 88-69, and they've officially clinched the second playoff spot. So, again, out of nowhere, 17, this is their 17th win in a row. In this one, uh, right, field, right fielder Dylan Carson and also Jose Rondon, as well as Nolan Arenado, would all hit home runs. Adam Wainwright would also get an RBI as well as well as get the W on the mound. He's currently 17 and seven on the year. Uh, he went for six innings, gave up just uh, well, gave up seven hits, but only two earned runs. He also had four strikeouts. So again, uh, Cardinals baseball is is ready for the playoffs, and uh, I wasn't expecting them to be a factor, but I think they're the hottest team going in, and. Um, the Dodgers better be careful. That's all I'm going to say. I, everybody's saying the Dodgers are star-studded. I agree. I like the moves that they made at the trade deadline. But when you win 17 in a, in a, in a row, you're 10-0 your last 10 like the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I, you know the, the regular season isn't over yet. I don't know exactly how many games we have to go per se. They are four games back, I believe, from the division. Uh, lead. Uh, let me look at that real quick. No, no, a few games back. I mean, four or five. I mean, it could happen. I mean, it depends on how many games are left. And, you know, if they keep winning and, you know, the Brewers keep losing, they might even take the division and snatch that on the last day of the year. We don't really know about this team. So this team is dangerous. I wanted to highlight that team first. Yeah, that, that they look way too good. Way too good. Let's look at the rest of the divisional leaders in the NL. Uh, we have in the National League, uh, like I said, in the East, we have uh, the Brewers. I'm sorry, the Braves in the East, 84-72, 8-2 in the last 10. They're coming off four wins in a row. Uh, I think I think the Phillies are about two games right behind them. That's going to go down probably to the wire. I still see the Braves holding on to that. Uh, out in the Central, we have the Brewers, of course. We mentioned them. Struggling as of late, four and six in their last ten. Like I said, they're probably just resting a whole lot of different people. So we'll have to see what happens eventually come playoff time. And in the West, of course, we have the Giants' best record in baseball, one and three and one and three and fifty-four, eight and two in their last ten, riding a four-game winning streak. Uh, I think they will be missing out on one of their key players. I can't remember if it was Brandon Belt or um, or Crawford. I have to come back to y'all on that. Um, one of those two guys are out, going to be missing some significant time. Uh, but if we look at the AL, sorry, the well, we looked at the NL wild card. Like I said, we do have the Dodgers here, 73 in the last 10 back-to-back W's. And again, they'll be facing off against the Cardinals. That's going to be an intriguing matchup. Very dangerous, to say the least. Um, I'm, I I don't want to say that 
Well, yeah. I mean, the Cardinals might be able to pull off an upset. I mean, it's a one game. It's a it's a one game try, so that's uh, that gets to be very very tense in my opinion. Uh, moving on to the AL, uh, let's take a look at the divisional leaders uh, in the AL East. We're gonna have the Rays here. They've clinched the division, 97 and 60 is a current record, six and four in the last ten. In the Central, we have the White Sox. Of course, that was a no-brainer. They clinched the division, 90 and 68, six and four in the last ten, three wins in a row. In the West, we have the Astros. They're currently leading the division, haven't clinched it yet. Um, Seattle's been playing really good lately. They're nearby, uh, but I still think they're a significant number of games back with this amount of time left. The Astros have gone five and five in the last ten. Let's take a look at the AL wild card. Uh, the Yankees are in the mix, ninety and sixty-seven. They are the first place team right now, eight and two in the last ten, seven wins in a row. I feel this team holds on to their spot. Right behind them, two games back, of course, in the second place spot, we have the, the Red Sox, eighty-eight and sixty-nine. Boston's gone six and four in the last ten, but they do have four straight losses. Um, things could happen. I think Seattle is playing hot. They're right in the mix. Oakland is still kind of, kind of there, but I think at this point with that series to Seattle and losing that series and not looking too good last night, uh, they end up we ended up losing four to two. I'll go over the uh, go over that game in just a second. Um, I I just I just think it's I want to be positive, but. You know, I'm going to be positive because, you know, it's my team. But as an analyst, as somebody who's trying to seriously, you know, do, you know, do sports and take this seriously, uh, I, I don't see it happening. You know, I just feel like it's a few games extra that you don't need, that we didn't need. And, you know, it's just so frustrating because, again, we were leading the division for so long. And then when we weren't leading the division, we were, you know, at least had the one or the, the, the second or first wild card spot. So, it's very, very uh, frustrating to see this happen again. And like I said before, there's going to probably need to be some changes uh, happening in the offseason. But let's take a look at that uh, game versus the Mariners. Again, like I said, we will come up short in this one, 4-2. to two. Mariners are 88-70. and 70. The A's are 85-73. and 73. So I kind of think mathematically at this point we're done. Mariners still possibly in the mix. Uh you know, with the Red Sox having 88 wins, but you also got the Blue Jays right there with 88 wins as well. That's why I'm saying the A's, ugh, too bad, guys. It might have to be next year. It's going to be next year. Right fielder Chad Pennington Chad Penn will get a home run. Second baseman Tony uh, Tony Kemp, excuse me, will get an RBI. And uh, just, you know, not necessarily a good day on the mound. Um, I think uh, Petit got the loss. And, you know, just we didn't really look good. And, you know, we couldn't, you know, get the runs when they need, when we needed them to, uh, when the game was in the line, and you know, again, a very crucial AL West game down the tube, very crucial wild card, uh, you know, hopeful game down the tube. But the Mariners uh, catcher Mitch Haniger will get a home run, and right fielder uh, Jack Fraley, Jake Fraley, excuse me, get two RBIs. You know, so we came up short, and again. Um, it's just indicative. We have not been able to beat the playoff, the above uh, playoff bound above 500 teams at all this season. It's a very poor record, and it's reflective of where we're at right now. Um, this is a team that really has the potential, but you know maybe doesn't have the substance right now to really do it. And um, it's hard. I mean, it, as a fan, it's hard to say that. But as an analyst and somebody who's paying attention right now, and you know taking the notes and following the stats and, you know, being 
unbiased in that regard. It's that's what it is. We're just not we're just not hitting those. Uh, we're not exceeding those expectations. in reality, um, once you hit a certain plateau, once you are once you are leading in your division, after a certain point, you know, for a certain extent of the season, you should at least be able to go to the playoffs. You don't fall that short. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, this has been indicative of the A's for the past few years. And when we went to the playoffs, we lost in the, in the wild card last season. So I think some heads uh, need to roll and some things, some changes need to be made. And, of course, I know it's a small market baseball team as of now, up until they decide to maybe move. Uh, but um, And actually, in reality, no. They're actually in a pretty big market because they share the Bay Area with San Francisco. The problem is the city of Oakland wants to, wants to well, not the city itself, but the the franchise just, you know, can't seem to put out a consistently, you know, good good product. Now, I don't know what it comes down to. I, I don't think you can blame the market because it's a lucrative market that San Francisco seems to tap tapped into. Their team seems to, you know, be able to uh, have find success with. So I don't, I don't think it's about money anymore. I don't think it's about small ball and all that crap anymore. I just think people might be cheap or might be into their own ways of running baseball and it just hasn't been working in the, in this era of baseball uh, right now. So the A's definitely at this point, there's going to be some changes that need to be made because I, this team is not making it to the playoffs again. All right, y'all, I am going to call it a wrap for now. Uh, when we get back, when I get back to you guys, of course, we'll be going over week four in the NFL preview on that. Uh, we'll be going over week slash four slash five in college football, of course. Again, it's crazy. Um, I guess I will talk some more drama about uh, the NBA and, and what they got going on with their vaccinated players. I, again, no, 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 I said my piece. I'm done with it. I, I got what I felt off my chest, and I'm done with it. That I, I told people before, this ain't this, this ain't really the place that I'm going to be doing that type of stuff, per se. I'll say my little opinion about things when I feel, if I feel like it's a worthwhile topic, then again, I will go in on it, like the war in Iraq, um, you know, things in our culture, in the black community, I'll talk about that, but COVID, I know, no, that was the main thing, that was one thing I did say, um, I didn't, I mentioned this before, I don't really care if you decide to get it or not, that's not my point, that's not what we're doing here that what you feel comfortable doing with your body that should be your choice i don't believe in a federal mandate i don't believe that this this, this illness again based on my beliefs this illness is not killing enough people to me to warrant that just just being honest with you the numbers don't prove that to me the numbers do not prove of this does not show devastatingly enough for me to feel compelled to do that sorry now, if it was the bubonic plague and we was dying left to right, people that I knew right away, like people that are down the street, oh, shit, they just, did, no, I can't do it. If it was that, then I'd do it. And, you know, outside of that, that's what would make me want to do it. But if you want to do it, that's perfectly fine. But you're not going to bash me into doing it. You're not going to guilt trip me. There's nothing you can really tell me. I've read the definition of a vaccine, and that's how I'm going to keep it. But again, I'm not going to keep arguing about it and bringing it up here. There's just certain topics that aren't worth it for me, that I know just ain't worth it in this climate. And that that's a topic that promotes division and all type of BS. And again, however you stand on it, it's your, it's your body and it's still your choice. So um, regardless of how I might feel, um, regardless of how the next people might feel about whatever, about whatever side of it, you take your side and you live with that. 
and you be comfortable with that. But you don't need to convince nobody. You don't need to bash nobody. It's not important. It's really not. But again, when we come back, we'll be going over some uh, some more college football, some more NFL. Uh, we are uh, wrapping up the uh, the Afghanistan. I keep saying we, but I'm a, I'm a one-man show. Uh, I am wrapping up my special report on Afghanistan, so look out for that. We're going into some of the history. We're going into the who's, the why's, of course, the what's, the wins. That's what we do. Um, and I'm using, uh, you know, primary sources that's what people i don't hear a lot of people mention these things i don't hear a lot of people mention those terms but again i have that historical background i i love history so i know about primary secondary sources that's what we try to do here i'm not getting into too much of arguments and and you know verbatim and and jargon for you guys i don't i don't take a stand so for me to get to me for me to be pro or anti this I mean, I, again, I take a stand in terms of my personal and the, and the and the world as a collective, and that in the world finding its positivity, and the, and black folk and us being a cohesive unit, not a stand on stupid movements like you know BLM or anti-vaccination and vaccination. That's a, again, that's a personal thing. That doesn't need to be. That, that what I'm saying is that doesn't need to be a national or international. I'm pushing against you, you push against me. That's what I'm saying. Um, I don't take those type of stands, but politically or, you know, for my people, my community, those are the stands that we take here. Fuck the vaccination, all bullshit. Fuck the whole conversation. Do what you want to do based on what you feel you've been given the proper information on. Okay? Don't get bogged down with Fox News or CNN is telling you, go to your doctor Go to your people that know medical or whatever, and you talk to them. You sit them down, you talk to them, and you make the decision based on what they've told you. Okay? That's what I'm telling you to do. That's what I'll tell you to do. That's the best advice that I could tell you. Okay? So when we're looking up, uh, like I said, we're wrapping up Afghanistan. We're uh, putting the finishing touches on Floyd Mayweather. We're also deep into Oregon Ducks uh, history Hopefully, by the time I get the vi that video out, we'll still be undefeated, maybe on course to a championship. But either way, the 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 theme that I'm taking here kind of kind of goes with what's going on right now. So I think I'll be right either way. But um, uh, like I said, I'll be leaving some links available. I'll leave my links available for you guys. Uh, new Facebook page is on the works, even though I don't really like Facebook no more. We'll we'll figure this out. Uh, but like I said. Uh, new new stuff coming out. Just stay posted, and I'll do my best to get back on the social media hype, at least on the Instagram, uh, and just kind of let y'all know what's going on. That's been my bag, so I'll be working on that. And also, I said with Facebook, so uh, I'll be back uh, pretty soon, and at least another day, uh, and then um, we'll go from there. All right, y'all. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. I'll holler at you guys later.